was an evening I shared with the sun to find out where we belong from the earliest days we were dancing in the shadows And welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you so much for joining us. Tony Shebecki with you. I'm joined in the studio by Welshie. Hello, Welshie. It was a very good day, but Lyle's stripping next to me for some reason. Yes, to show his Kid Valiant shirt. Is that the one you got too? Did you get a Kid Valiant shirt also? Uh, yes. Why wasn't I asked if I wanted one? I don't know. Do you, do you speak to Kid Valiant... Often? Well, I was involved in his very first interview when he was 15 years of age. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's good to be back in the Hello, studio, Lyle. mate. How you going? Good. Everyone yes. well? Excellent, thank you. It's a good shirt, though, isn't it? Model it well? Yeah, it's a nice shirt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the shirt's nice. Yeah. The backdrops yeah. leaves a bit to be desired. Mm. That's still a work in progress. 40 years of it so far. Oh, close enough job. to it. Uh, big show coming up tonight. David Storm to join us very shortly. Plus, we'll... Have a chat about everything that's happened in the world of wrestling in the last week. Uh, good catch up, boys, with the DMDU team last week. Yes, it was. Uh, apologies for the quality of the sound. Yeah, there's a little bit of wind going through, and I'm not talking about coming out of someone's ass. It was. No, there was probably a little bit of that verbally, I'm assuming, from us. Well, you're a windbag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good to get down to the uh, La Bodega Barber Shop for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> might be, uh, Recording in an alley is probably not. Uh, I've done uh, a lot of things in alleys over my lifetime. <laughs> That's the first time I've recorded in one. Well, yeah. People, the last couple of weeks have had issues with being recorded. So, mm. yeah. Lucky they're not well, wrestlers. We're not recording Collingwood players. That's for sure. No, very true. <laughs> uh, but we are recording the Godfather. Oh, you got it right. Of wrestling, yeah. I'll do my research. Do you usually call him something else? Yeah, the good father. The you grandfather. Put the, the right to censor music plays. No, he's the godfather. We know. Yeah. We've never got it wrong. <laughs> We've been telling this for three and a half years. The godfather of Australian wrestling, Davis Storm, joins us. Hello, Davis. Hello. How are we, Tony? Excellent. Thank you, mate. How are you? Uh, yeah, just, you know, uh, mentally wrecked, mate. I'm, I'm exhausted yeah. at the moment. Uh, I'm kind of at the... Uh, the end of a stressful few weeks. COVID's been uh, sweeping through the household and unfortunately we couldn't all catch it at once. It's kind of gone one by one by one and I'm the last man standing. So Dominoes. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it does seem that way. It's, you know, you think you, and I suppose that's kind of, um, kind of fitting for how the whole pandemic has gone. Every time you think we're, we're peeking through and you're past it, it sneaks up and knocks you on the head. What's the uh, ISO rules like over there in Perth at the moment? I know here in Victoria and up the the east coast, you don't have to isolate now if someone in your house has it. Have you got the same over there? Yeah, that's right. So we we have to, 
I have to take a rat each morning. Uh, it provided that's negative, I can go out in public with a mask. Um, but to be honest, it feels like at the moment, most people who might be positive are just avoiding all that by not testing. Um, it, seem, it seems like it's out there, you know, you, you hear people, and there's, there's flus and colds, of course, floating around, but it, it seems like people are avoiding the rules by just, well, if I, if I don't test, then I can't be positive. Sounds like my sister. <laughs> record. Off the record, we're recording. Let's just listen to the show. Extremely on she the She hates wrestling, it'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> um, it's been an interesting year for you because you've, um, you're coming out the back end of um, a break from wrestling, uh, yep. which started from a concussion. Yep. Want to talk us a little bit through that injury and, um, and what your thoughts were at the time? Sure. So uh, I wrestled Jared Slate in January. Um, and this was the first time that I had been knocked out cold in a match. Um, so that was a pretty new experience. Um, came to fairly quickly, but, you know, hit, hit the mat. And then, um, the next thing I knew I could hear his music and, uh, Dan Moore, who's, who's one of my good mates from, uh, EPW, he was standing over me when I opened my eyes. So I thought, oh, geez, <laughs> this isn't good. I don't remember this being part of the, uh, part of the show so um that was the first time i've been knocked out cold um but flashing back just maybe four months earlier we did the perth royal show here and on day one of the royal show um i was wrestling one of the young lads from pro wrestling darwin um and suffered a pretty serious concussion in that match um and that was actually the first time that i, I didn't get knocked out cold but i lost time I don't remember anything from the time he cross-bodied me until we got to the backstage. Um, and even then I was kind of flashing in and out. I pulled one of my mates aside and I thought I was being sneaky. And I said, uh, hey, mate, I think I'm concussed. And he said, I think you are because this is the third time we've had this chat. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> so my, my lovely wife uh, got, the, got the ambos to come and pick me up and cart me over to their tent. And, yep, sure enough, you're you're fairly well concussed. Um, so I had to take it easy for the rest of the Royal show. Um, so that was the first time I'd lost any sort of time. And then this one with Slate was the first time that I'd gone out cold. And just that progression, um, that scared me a little bit. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, not so much on a personal level in terms of, you know, the, the effects that it could have on me and, and my long-term health, but more the thought of how my long-term health could potentially affect my family. Mm. Um, like that's quite a, you know, we, we see it in, we see it in fighters and we see it in wrestlers who they, they seem punch drunk in their early forties or their, or their fifties. And, you know, there's, there's often been, there's been steroids and drugs and alcohol abuse right through wrestling, but, I honestly believe that a lot of that is used to mask the injuries that we've suffered and that, you know, often when you talk to people and they're, they're a little bit absent-minded and they've been involved in the wrestling industry, it's not always because of drug abuse or alcohol abuse. Um, we take, we take a lot of head knocks, you know, we, every time you hit the mat, there is that potential that you're, you're going to contact the mat and the way that we, I think a lot of us are inspired by, 
early to mid 90s all japan pro wrestling and uh you know those guys melted the ever-loving crap out of each other um you know we're we're inspired when we see vader and hansen and, and masara and kabashi and uh kawada but i mean you know in in the very end masara unfortunately lost his life in a wrestling ring so um, yeah, it's it's been something that as I've gotten older and I've had a family, I've I've had to um, I've had to reckon with is uh, what sort of effect will this have on my long term health? I don't. I've I've been to weddings and I've seen fathers give beautiful speeches uh, for their daughter or their their son or whoever it is that's that's getting married on that day, and I I often wonder, you know, what will my brain health be like? when it's time for me to do that for my kids, I, I don't want to be the stumbling, stuttering dad who gets up there and embarrasses his kid on their, on their uh, most special day. So yeah, I've, I've had to, I've taken a step back and, and tried to uh, not get in the ring for a little bit. Um, I'm still training full pelt and, and sort of reintroducing bumping to, to try and reacclimatize the body. But to be honest, I don't know whether it's an issue of, um maybe it is just that white line fever of when i get out there i'm always going to be five to ten percent more dangerous than i am in a training room and that's always going to leave me slightly exposed unfortunately time for a comic gimmick <laughs> i tell you it's that it is absolutely the first thing that crossed my mind is okay maybe we can't wrestle anymore and then the second I inbox you crosses your mind is <laughs> How can I wrestle but not actually wrestle? <laughs> yeah. And you're a fairly pragmatic guy. Tell us about the time that you sat down with your wife after that second concussion and discussed what the future held. Um, I mean, she's always been she's been incredibly accepting of, of who I am. I mean, we I I when we first got together, wrestling wasn't really on the horizon, but it was something that I definitely wanted to do. Um, we've been together since we were 17 years old. I didn't start wrestling until I was 21, but pretty early on in the relationship, I, I told her this is something I'm passionate about. It's something I hope to be involved with in the future. Um, and she's kind of always backed me in in that regard. I, I think part of it too, the, the reluctance to have the conversation anytime earlier is probably just knowing that I'm a fairly stubborn, pig-headed person. Mm. Um, once I made my mind up, um, I just continue to crack my head into the wall. Uh, that's Literally. probably an appropriate, appropriate way to put it as well. I'll just bang my head against the wall until the wall falls over. Um, but as we all know, you can only bang your head into the wall so many times before the wall starts to win the war. Um, she was, there's, there's been a couple of times recently where um, she's always been quite standoffish when it comes to in, my personal injuries with wrestling, that she'd always kind of looked at it as, um, as you know, well, you're a big boy and you you go out there and take these risks, you can deal with the consequences. Um, but there was one in particular last year, I I um, fell out of the ring against Gavin, Gavin and, and hit my head incredibly hard on the floor. Mm. Um, and in hindsight now, I think about that moment and think, because I walked away from that one with, with no dramas and I thought no concussion. Um, to now look back in hindsight and say that the two worst concussions in my life have happened post uh, that happening. I don't know whether that's had some sort of impact, um, but it was very much after that injury. Uh, I came home, 
and the wound on my head was still weeping and I, I thought I was fine um, and I was ready to go to bed even though it was still bleeding. Um, and she's a nurse and she, it was the first time where she really put her foot down with me and she said, no, get Mikhail, we're going to the hospital. And I kind of fought her and said, I'll drive myself there. And she said, no. <laughs> get, <laughs> get in the car, we're going to the, the car and we Get in the car and we're going. And I think that probably um, her showing that level of care um, when previously perhaps, and it wasn't through a lack of care, but maybe through um, more not wanting to push against what I wanted and, and not wanting to make me feel like I was, I was being a burden. Mm. Um, she hadn't pushed back previously. And that was the first time that she pushed back pretty significantly. Um, so that by the time we got to this injury this January, which was about 12 months later, it was probably more me uh, pushing the agenda more than she was. She was, I think she was quite glad to hear that I was at least taking a moment of pause to consider what I was going to do moving forwards. And um, were your kids in the crowd when you were knocked out cold? I know they go to a lot no. of matches. So. No, thank goodness. Oh. Um, just by chance, uh, all three of them just didn't happen to be there that night. Um, and like you said, they, they do regularly accompany me to the shows. Um, so, yeah, just pure, pure luck and a bit of coincidence. They weren't there that night, um, which worked out beautifully in the end. Because, um, And that I, I think that is one of my primary concerns is um, on, a, on a personal level, I'm, I'm kind of fine with the idea of going out there and getting knocked out again. But it's not, it's not a good scene for people who come out there with their kids to have a good night out of wrestling um, to see someone getting dragged out of the ring uh, by a medic and, and one of the other wrestlers and needing help to stand up and leave the ring. And um, I would hope that, you know, a lot of the people that were there on the night just think, oh, well, that ending of that match was a bit awkward, but, you know, part of the show and carry me out and away we go. I, I would hope it doesn't have that effect on people, but it's quite an ugly scene. And, um, you know, I, if I go to any sort of show or whatever, I certainly hope that I never have to be with my kids and have to explain to them what's happened and, and why the person's going through that. So, yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to consider and there's a lot of things to think about. Um, and, you know, trying to, trying to recommend when to come back and when's the right moment and um, what's the right situation and what should I be doing? Um, it's, been, it's been a lot to think about. Are we going to see Davis Storm in a helmet? <laughs> <laughs> too many wrestlers in helmets, have we? Just for Rook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think the way I wear my hair kind of presents like a helmet already. <laughs> yeah. Not about as much protection as I can get, I think. Um, so go, going into this match, are you you're anxious, you're nervous, or... Is he just going to take it, whatever comes? It wasn't until you asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fair question, though, because every match you've probably been in for your life, apart from maybe your first or your second, it's yeah. just been something you've just gone in and done. Now all of a sudden you, you're starting to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a different kind of nerves that I've always had that nervous, anxious feeling of how am I going to perform? Is this going to turn out how I want? Um, how will this set up to whatever I'm doing next? There's there's always a lot of nerves and anxiety around 
getting the performance right. It's something that I care about. It's something that I want to present uh, in the best possible way. This is a different kind of nerves. It's um, will I leave the ring <laughs> with being separated from my consciousness again, or um, or am I going to be able to walk away from this one? So yeah, it's a it's a very different feeling. Um, and I'll say it, it probably hasn't hit me too hard yet, but it's definitely been something that's entered my mind uh, over the last few weeks. Is just oh, this this kind of snuck up on me real fast that. I thought I had a lot of time to process it all. And I've had a, you know, I have had a lengthy break to, to have a good hard think about it. But um, now all of a sudden it's on my doorstep. So uh, like everything else, I, I try to tell my kids, you know, when you're, when you're scared of something, when you feel that anxiety, it's often time for action. That's, that's the, the motto I tried to live by is I can either be crippled by the anxiety or I can push through it and do something. And that's kind of my plan. I had a um, had a pretty physical training Monday night. Um, threw myself around pretty hard just to make sure mentally uh, that I felt comfortable. And I, I feel like I'm going out there in the best possible state that I can, um, given where I'm at. It's it's a really hard thing to because you want to, as a wrestler, or I'm sure as any performer in any art form you want to wring the sponge dry you want to make sure that you got the most out of yourself and that you didn't leave more so than the saying is leaving money on the table but it's more about leaving moments on the table how much more could i have got out gotten out of myself and uh reckoning with do i do i just flat out walk away do i look to find a more comfortable style of wrestling um do i look to be involved in another way or just is this time to walk away completely and and start anew with something different but wrestling's been such a vital part of my life and wrestling's given me so much and I don't feel like I've uh, I feel like I've given back uh, everything that I want to give back at this stage so whether that's whether that's in a performing capacity I guess we'll know after this Saturday um, but you know I will continue to be involved in the wrestling industry and continue to uh, give back as much as I possibly can over the, the next years of my life. There's uh, definitely a handful of blokes and girls here in Australian wrestling that could 100% say they don't owe wrestling anything. And I think you're in that category, mate. There's no doubt about that. But I hear what you say. You said part of your plan is to come out and, and wrestle on Saturday. Is there a, a plan B? If you were to get concussed again on Saturday, heaven forbid, and let's hope it doesn't happen, and it was a mm-hmm. concussion again where you lose consciousness and maybe even lose time, Yep. Also, is there a, a point where you feel that you've probably said that might be enough? Um, I think so. I think so. Um, like I said, it is, you know, will I continue to be involved? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'll pack a truck, I'll, I'll book a show, I'll do whatever I can to, to co-host uh, podcasts. Yeah, bi monthly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, once yeah. a month. Don't pack the truck. Yeah. And um, but you know, the the performance side, I think. Um, so last year when I got cast at the Royal Show, I took three days off completely where I didn't wrestle at all. Um, and then the next two days. I wrestled once on each day. I wrestled uh, Edith Knight one day and I wrestled Gavin McGavin the other day. And my goal in doing that was to prove a point to 
everyone backstage who was absolutely killing themselves out there. Every segment, you know, this is four segments a day, uh, eight days worth of shows. So some of the guys and girls are wrestling up to 30 times in a week. Um, and they're killing themselves. And, you know, I, I kind of feel helpless in some way because I'm meant to be one of the bodies out there helping take some of that pain away by, by chewing up time on a show and taking some of those bumps for them. And then all of a sudden I've not been able to wrestle for three or four days in a row. Um, and I just went out there with a point to prove of you don't have to kill yourself out there. Uh, I ran these ridiculous heel segments where I was on the mic constantly and then back in the ring and there were no bumps. There was a lot of clowning around. Um, and then I would get rolled up and finish and everybody goes home happy, but it was nice to challenge myself in a different way. And I suppose that's, that's the interesting thing. You always ask yourself, how much, how much can I do without, maybe I can't knock my head anymore. What could I do where I don't have to knock my head? Yeah. Um, and I'm prick. sure my wife would say, well, don't wrestle. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you definitely won't knock your head. But um, I suppose like anyone who, who has that itch to perform and get out there and, and so much of wrestling is learnt in a one-on-one -on -one environment that I can tell people what they're supposed to do. So much of wrestling, you, you get an understanding of wrestling by feel that getting in there with people who are more experienced than you and just feeling their timing and the way they push and pull, it gives you a much better understanding of wrestling. And, you know, so many people did that for me early in my career and I'm trying to do that for as many people as I can on the way out. Cause you know, one way or another, even if my brain is completely healthy, I'm definitely on the backside of, um, of whatever time I have left. So I'm just, I'm trying to get as much out of it as I possibly can. I'm trying to help other people get a leg up. And at the same time as a sappy, uh, sentimental wrestler, you kind of want to go, I, I want to have as many important moments between now and when I finish up as well. Um, but uh, you know, if Saturday's it, then Saturday's it. Uh, you know, for, for everything that I'm saying, there is a certain level of what I expect as Davis Storm. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to walk away from that rather than try and uh, wring the sponge that's already empty um, of something that's just not there. First point of call should be to stop working at the Perth show. You're not having a good role with injuries there. <laughs> yeah, bloody Tyson. I thought I thought with Ty out of the picture, I was uh, I was truly safe, but it turns out I'm not. So, uh -huh. um, but other than other than uh, obviously the concussion, how is the rest of the body feeling? Uh, if anyone follows your Instagram, you're in amazing condition at the minute um leading yes. into your return match uh like slicks i reckon oh yeah that that bicep no vein looks, no one looks like oh, no 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 that's uh that's nobody it. looks as good as yeah. that. i don't think anyone but, looks better than him in the industry at the moment. <laughs> not yeah. now not yet no one's catching him for a while oh, but that that bicep vein that you uh had going up into your shoulder the the other week um you dream of those oh, i dream of that man that's yeah. that's when you know you're in good conditioning uh, how, how, how are you feeling I feel physically, I feel great. Um, there's no, there's, you know, the, my cardio seems fine. I'd say I'm definitely missing a little bit of ring fitness just from not being in there. Um, but you know, my, my, I'm part of, uh, progress three, six, five, the online coach, uh, make sure you chase down Brett. If you're looking to get in shape, I think 
I think about three quarters of the wrestling industry in Australia have chased him down up until this point. Um, so he's doing a great job with a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it, you know, it's, it's good to have that level of accountability there because I, while I enjoy going to the gym, um, I think there would probably be, there's definitely days where you just don't want to go, but being answerable. Call them week days. <laughs> <laughs> days ending in Y. Yeah. No, look, it, it's, it's, I feel, I feel as good as I've felt in the, in the last 10 years. And I've definitely felt better in the last 10 years than I did the 10 before that. So always, always looking to try and keep the body fit and healthy and, and rehabilitate injuries and, and any niggles as they come along. You've been doing a bit of cross training. I noticed you're playing some AFL nines, a game that's uh, close to my heart. I used to play a bit of that. Um, how are you finding running around kicking a footy again? Yeah, brilliant. I I coach my son's uh, under 11s team or under 12s team, so um, you know, sort of had the itch the last few years to get out for a kick. And my assistant coach plays uh, plays vets, and he's asked me to come down and have a kick with them and. Just the timing and when it is, it never seems to work out. The tackling. I think, I think part of me, yeah, doesn't really want to. I'm not interested in the physical contact of people who are actually looking to looking to lay a beating on you. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've always ummed and ahed since I've been coaching. And then the manager of the gym that I train at mentioned to me that he plays nines and um, they've had a few injuries and they might need someone out there. So. Uh, yeah, I got the got the call up really late on a on a Wednesday afternoon. I was sitting at my son's parkour class, and all of a sudden, I was trying to scramble to get him home on time so that I could run out to this game. And yeah, I I've missed I've missed competitive team sports. It certainly uh, certainly got me fired up in a hurry. I thought we'd be in a bit of trouble when I got out there and saw some of the bodies on some of these guys, and then I realised they couldn't tackle me, and everything was sweet. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about skills. Yeah, it's all about the skills. Yeah, running away from one. Now, guys, Davis and I are going to have a moment here, if you don't mind. Oh. And it's only because you guys haven't had children old enough or children to be able to coach themselves. So I want to talk to you about this situation. How yeah. hard are you on your son on the footy field? Do you find you're harder on him than any other kid in the team? 100%. It I... is shocking, isn't it? It is. It is. There's. I've definitely got the Demir Dockages about me. Um, <laughs> God, don't know. Uh, how much does the fish cost? <laughs> I just, you know, I, I think kids suffer from that on, on every front, I think, that we, and, and part of that is probably, you know, some level of um, us coming to terms with our own mortality and, and yeah. wanting to leave a bit of a legacy that you, you want to set them up to have a better life than you did. And it's, it's something that I really struggle with because my stepdad, I, I was a very competitive tennis player up until about 14 or 15, um, like very, very close to state level, just under state level. Um, and it was his pushing that kind of led to me walking away from tennis that okay. I, I had a lot of the... I had a lot of the pressure of him. And in hindsight, I could see he just wanted the best for me and he was trying to get the best out of me. But the thing that he missed was I was an incredibly anxious person who I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to look bad. And that would often cripple me in games where I know I lost to a lot of people. I, I had the natural skill and I'd, I'd worked hard at tennis for so many years. I think 
I could have accomplished an awful lot more if I was able to conquer my mind at that age. But uh, I didn't deal well with not being a winner, with not looking cool. Um, so I would... The, the white could... shorts will do that. <laughs> See, I was I was a real trendsetter on, a, on the tennis court, inspired by Andre Agassi. So I was uh, Larry headbands and yeah. colourful shorts, colourful shoes. It was, it was definitely more about the look than the tennis sometimes, unfortunately. This sounds like the new uh, comedy gimmick putting together. We're putting yeah. together it as we speak. <laughs> Maybe I can, uh, maybe I can be a Demir Dokic style uh, manager of champions. Um, yeah, I don't I think anyone, and no one, no managers come to the ring with no a tennis record before. Come out with that a tennis doesn't happen. No, but it's it is hard. It's it's hard walking the line between wanting the best for your kids and yeah. and pushing them too hard. And it's it's something I've got to constantly try and pull myself back on. I know. I know particularly when I was a runner, I would certainly run some extra messages out to my son when I didn't feel like we were getting a hundred percent effort from him. Um, but I'm, I, I would hope at least that I am offering as, as much as I, I push him to be the best that he can. I'm, I'm very honest with him about why I do that. I, I make sure that I tell him that this is, you know, I, I love you even and if you don't achieve on a football field or you don't achieve in park or you don't achieve at school, I'm still going to love you. But I will always push you to be your best. And if I don't feel like you're trying 100%, if I don't feel like you're giving your best, then I don't mind if you walk away from football. If football's not for you, if you're not going to commit and give it 100%, I have no problem with you walking away from it. But whatever you do in life, I want you to attack it with your, with your greatest effort, your, your greatest integrity. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that he understands that. I, I don't know. Maybe I am putting too much pressure on him at times. But um, he, we're all biased. You think your kids are exceptional and you want them to be as exceptional as they, as they possibly can be. So yeah. uh, I, I, I nudge pretty hard. Um, My mum knew I was useless at a pretty early age, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then Lyle and I could And told me all, told me, she told me all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Negative reinforcement. Oh, especially yeah. on the way home from footy games. <laughs> you embarrassed me today. Um, can we keep the footy talk going? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Can we talk about flag mantle? Mate, is, uh, is, the, is, is the lid off over there? I tell you, it is. It, <laughs> it's so hard to explain because... As a as a Frio fan from day one, you have zero expectations that yeah. when they lost those two games, you we're Richmond supporters, so we do understand because up until 2017, that was our lives. Yeah. We understand. <laughs> and now you've got all those flags to wrap yourselves in to keep yourselselves warm. Yeah, you yeah. lose it. It's good once you start winning them. It's good because you'll be watch. You go to a game and you'll lose. You get upset and you'll go home. And just put on a grand final. Any grand final. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, I've only got that miserable grand final with Hawthorne to uh, to try and keep you warm. But they're looking good. Um, they are. They really are. And it's, um, you know, I, I look at some of the other teams at the moment, and you see the injuries that they've got. You go, oh well, if they get players back, they might they might go. But then I look at Fremantle, and pretty much every week this year, we've had two or three of our best twenty-two out of the team. So it's not like they've not been confronted with the same issues. Um, but the system seems to be holding up. And as a, as a supporter, I, I kind of love that Fifey had to come back through the waffle. I like that 
Uh, you yeah. hear him after the game saying that, you know, he was saying to um, to Brayshaw and Sarong, treat me like a first gamer, tell me where to go, how are we setting up? Um, it's it's And that's it's something personally that I try to carry over to wrestling as well, that I tell, I tell people at training, um, you're all entitled to an opinion because I know 100% there are schools and there are shows where it would be sacrilege for a trainee or someone to have an opinion on somebody who's more senior than them. But wrestling fans don't have wrestling training and they have an opinion on your wrestling. So we certainly do. (laughs) This is what I mean. There's no, there's no bar for people being able to have an opinion on wrestling that everyone who gets involved in wrestling is a fan at some level and they should be able to have an opinion. And if someone sees me do something in the ring, it shouldn't, they should be able to come to me and say, hey, I didn't really like that thing you did or it didn't fit. Why did you do that? And so long as it's done in a respectful manner, there's no reason why my ego should be shattered by that. It's not like my wrestling is going to speak to everyone. There are going to be people who watch it and say, I don't get it. And that's fine. Not having, that space, like- having that safe space for someone to come and ask that question to you, that allows you to then say why you did something and maybe they learn from that experience as well. Isn't that safe yep. space called the merch table? Yeah. <laughs> It's not always safe, mate. It depends on which fans are there. Yeah. But the um, but yeah, like the, the the thing is, it's it's great if they can come to me and offer me something, and I say something that teaches them. Vice versa, they might say something that makes me reconsider things that I hadn't thought of because there's no oracle of pro wrestling who just knows everything and has considered every point of view and every scenario and just has it all mapped out. You you treat things through your own experience. So to bring it all the way back around to your actual question, yes, I'm very excited about the Fremantle Football Club. <laughs> and there's I'm very happy with how they're travelling. There's a wrestling synergy, isn't there, with Fremantle at the moment? I mean, they were very much... They're the fighting, for, fighting from underneath. No, well, West Coast were the baby faces. I'm getting West Coast have never years. been baby faces. Oh, they were for their fans. They were getting full classes and all that sort of stuff. Frio weren't. And now all of a sudden we've got that massive turnaround. West so Coast are jobbers. They are exactly and Fremantle enhancement got, talent. Sorry, Fremantle got great crowds, got everyone behind them. West Coast don't even get entrance music anymore, they're waiting in the ring. It's, it's seriously exciting, though. I, I got to the Brisbane game with, with my brother and a few mates, um, and it's just an electric atmosphere there at the moment. It was, it was the best atmosphere I've been a part of in terms of going to Fremantle games over the years. So, yeah, very excited, but as all Fremantle. Supporters, no, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah. yeah, Richmond and Geelong are still lurking. Yeah, they and really Collingwood, are. Don't, for, don't uh, forget Collingwood, we're flying. Uh, not um, even in the eight. We spoke, we spoke about the health of you. Uh, the health of wrestling over in Perth at the moment, has it really come on since uh, the end of COVID? Well, not, well, not the, the end of COVID, but since we've been allowed to go to things again. It's been up and down, I'll say. So there was very much when things first went back, I would say we were absolutely flying. And then there was a little bit of a dip. Um, And I think part of that was when things came back in Perth, we had zero COVID at the time. So everyone was very comfortable going out. And then as things started to, as there was a little bit more COVID sort of floating around and things really exploded over here, we found that people were a little more nervous about coming out um, and more so just not buying tickets in advance. Cause I think I've actually, I'm going to um, 
I'm going to see that's something. All. For... That's all entertainment at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I'm, I'm going to see something for Kate tomorrow night and I've had those tickets for about 18 months now um, and we're, we're finally getting the show. I've got, I've got a few tickets of gigs that I've just left left the money in there and hopefully it'll pay off eventually and sure enough, they're all starting to come around now. So uh, I think I think people were just afraid to put their money down and then go, ah, then they're going to go through the hassle of getting a refund if it gets cancelled, or if I get COVID, I might not get my money back. Um, but then we we had a, a forced little break where we lost our home venue. And since we've been back, the, the two major shows that we did have both sold really well, really great atmosphere, um, packed them in. A few COVID cases flying around, I'm absolutely certain of it. But um, we managed to... We managed to get the show on the road, and I feel like we're we're actually about to move into a new venue, which will be more of a semi-permanent venue rather than bouncing around. And uh, it seems like there's a lot of excitement around that venue. It's it's uh, more in the north of Perth, um, in the northern suburbs, much newer area, a lot of young families out there, and it seems like the response so far has been that it's in an area where a lot of our fan base already are. The Frio Social looked fantastic, the photos I saw from the show that you held there. Yeah, so Frio Social, I didn't even realise until I rocked up on the night, but it used to be called the Flyby Nightclub. Um, great place. I've, I've seen a lot of gigs there over the years and actually thought this would be a fantastic venue for wrestling. And we could just never get in there in the past. They've rebranded over the last, I think, three or four years and become Frio Social. And it wasn't until I pulled up at the venue that I realised where we actually were. I said, geez, this is near the Flyby Nightclub. And then, no, sure enough, this is the Flyby Nightclub. Um, yeah, brilliant venue. The, the management there have been fantastic to deal with so far. Um, I mean, the, the one issue that we have is they, they can't really guarantee dates because they're an international touring venue. And, you know, if you have one opportunity, one shot at getting an international act in there, or the local wrestling mob who will still be there next week, then I know what I'd go for. And yeah. we're going to draw yeah. more families, which means less booze, and a band is going to draw more uh, more drinking punters. So The bands are uh, never on Saturday nights anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> never, Don't most never. of the bands just skip WA altogether? Well, yeah, that's definitely been <laughs> that's been a thing over the years. The national, yeah. the national tour with Perth just flicked off at the end there. <laughs> Can I take you back to 2009? Uh, Wrestle. Speaking cuss, buddy, you won't remember back then. <laughs> no, he he was. There was a uh, there was a hot video that went up on uh, Twitter. Uh, Wrestle Clash. Yep. Um, you wrestled Shane Haste. Look, I'll run down the card for you, Tony. Mm -hmm. Robbie Hart versus Carlo Cannon. Mm -hmm. AJ Istria and Mike Burr versus Mike Peterson and Pyro in oh. a tag match. Jay Andrews and Julian James. Yeah. Were uh, the managers of Istria and Mike Burr. Shazza was came to the ring with Mike Peterson and Pyro. Shane Haston Davis, obviously. Crackers versus Slex. Jag Hartley Jackson versus Mikey Nichols. This could be the best card ever put on. Slater versus Matt Silver, who is yeah. Buddy Matthews, uh, Buddy Murphy in yeah. WWE. Cletus and Mad Dog. I'm pretty sure they still tag team semi regularly now. Uh, PCW, yeah, uh, versus Michael, uh, Mikey Broderick and Sean O'Shea. Two thousand and nine. What was, what was the main event? 
Slater and Matt Silver. Silver, Silver and what Slater. A, what yeah. a night. Sla- yeah. so where, sorry, that, where was it? Was that in Melbourne? It was in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Like like that. Greatest, that would that would be an amazing card, card right now. You know? Most of those guys. Mike Burr's probably gonna struggle. Yeah, but that's all right. He's in a tag match. That's fine, you know. And everyone has a wrestling retirement. What we've had two in a year. What, what are your memories of that card? Because that on paper sounds ridiculous in 2022, let alone 2009. So someone, by the way, that that show was run by the the great Rowan Herbstreit, uh, yep. good brother Rowan. Um, and even at the time, I think it was definitely something that you you looked at on paper and and going, this is this is trying it, it seemed like an attempt to get the best guys from around the country and put them all in one place at the same time um and it was it was a great atmosphere backstage from what i remember there's a um, i know there's definitely a the, the reason this show regularly comes to mind there's someone must have been rowan i guess got a photo of a bunch of us hunched around the screen backstage what people like to call gorilla i suppose um but it's myself shane haste um Hartley Jackson, Mikey Nichols, I think Slexi's in that photo as well. Um, and it's such a cool memory that we've got all these, all these pillars of different, different states of wrestling um, all in the one photo. That crops up in my memories every single year. Um, I remember going out there and having a really fun match. That was actually a three-way. So myself, uh, Shane Haste and Nate Dooley, who's uh, not been seen or heard of, What'd you leave him wrestling circles? I was just going off cage match. I'm not sure he was on there. That's all right. That's all right. So, yeah, we, um, you know, went out there and had a a really fun match with those guys. Um, I I felt like I always had good chemistry with both of them. But just to, to look around the locker room, you felt like that was definitely around the era where the professionalism of Australian wrestling was really starting to change. That, um, I wasn't in horrible shape, but as I looked around that locker room, I'm like, Jesus, these boys are taking yeah. it seriously. You're in a locker room with Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, um, Slack, Mike Peterson, Hartley Jackson, cool. Matt Silver, Damian Slater. So many, so many rigs body there. guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mikey Broderick. Yeah. Mikey Broderick and yeah. Sean O'Shea. But they, they, you know, they were the fitness maniacs. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was definitely a, a, a change from the old school of just well get out get out there however we look and we'll we'll get on with it but from a gear perspective from an aesthetic perspective and then from a performance perspective you felt like the industry was really starting to take a step up um and you know then me and istria uh we got back to rowan's house and he managed to acquire a bottle of tequila and him being the young buck and me being the dumb old bloke who likes to bang his head into the wall (laughs) He poured out the entire bottle of tequila into shot glasses and just started knocking them back one at a time and eyeballing me as he did. So I started knocking them back one at a time. So I think there's 21 and, a, 21 and a quarter shots in a bottle. I had seven, he had seven. And then Rowan, as he's running out the door, he ran in, had a shower, and we're all ready to go. And he said to us as he ran in, because I didn't realise, I thought it was history's bottle. Turns out it's Rowan's bottle, but history just decided to start pouring shots. <laughs> As Rowan runs past, he goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm drinking. He said, that's my bottle. I said, ah, no big deal. He said, cool, leave me a shot for everyone you have. So we leave Rowan seven shots of tequila. 
And then on his way out the door, he just one, two, three, four, five. Three. We get we get the taxi into Crown, and I'm I'm not good with alcohol, so that seven shots, and I was on I was on roller skates in the taxi. We get to Crown, and I'm already thinking because I'm I'm mildly allergic, so I I break out, my face goes completely red, I look like a balloon, like everything just swells up. Um, so I'm thinking, God, there's no way they'll let me in here. I'm absolutely toast i can i can barely hold myself up i'm just kind of waddling into into crown casino and as, everyone in. In, as, I, as I walk in they go hey mate hold on a second go, oh, they've got me guy reaches over my shoulder and grabs rowan and says are you all right mate <laughs> <laughs> he somehow manages to fave his way past the bouncer and we all go in but uh it was yeah we were Beautiful. I, think, I think me and rowan might have had one more drink each for the rest of the night we got home we were still absolutely toast <laughs> well certainly someone has to consider rowan as a replacement for vince mcmahon in wwe don't they <laughs> <laughs> big ronnie yeah so if, if anyone wants to watch that uh amazing wrestle clash from 2009 australian, it, australian wrestling network yeah, it's up there um that was an yeah, excellent natural plug there. Love you're that. welcome, yeah. Mikey. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great to have a watch party with a few of these guys in the crowd talking about that? Well, I'm definitely going to go back and watch it because this it, it blew me away when I, I did a bit of research and I was looking at it. Every match was like, that's a main event. That's a main event. That's a main event. And it was 2009. So There's a yeah. certain ju- juicy-looking security guard that you might see as Mikey <laughs> Nichols and Hartley Jackson are brawling their way around the arena as well. All right. Um, see, little Easter eggs yeah, going yeah. back. Yeah. Hey, mate, it's been great having you on board. We wish you all the best for this weekend. We all know it's going to go, go well. And we're Where can people see it? Yeah. Uh, we will be at the Cannington Arts and Exhibition Centre in Perth, Western Australia. I'm sure at some point these uh, these events go live online somewhere. I've got to try and chase down through through our crew. I think it might end up on the Vimeo site perhaps um i'll need to chase up the exact details but i mean you know pro wrestling at its best is enjoyed live and in person so um, it's going to be a terrific night and i encourage everybody to get down there and support whether you're supporting uh, myself as an epw loyalist or you're down there to support slate as the homegrown shwa guy just get on down there and make some noise Beautiful stuff. Mate. All Quick, the best. Can I just, what, oh, yeah, before we let you go, um, are you able to put over Marcus Cool? He's been in our inbox all day. Um, I know he tweeted it. Um, He's a lovely bloke. He, oh, yeah, we, we, love the, we love the bloke here. Um, yeah. He never puts you over. Look, I, I do have something nice to say about him, actually, okay? As far as expat British New Zealand-based wrestlers with a bald head, and a bung neck guy, he's probably the most handsome that I've met. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll, oh, you, I'll I, accept that, I reckon. Oh, you, can, that. you can't argue with that, surely. But no. actually, Del Cano wants to know how old your son's going to be when he becomes the first wrestler to pull off a triple moonsault. Oh, goodness. Uh, look, I hope I trade him well enough that he never has to rely on his incredible parkour skills to, <laughs> to tell a story because I... I uh, I don't want his body to fall to pieces, but potentially 16, 17. He's well on his way. Uh, one more. Sorry, Tony. I know oh, you're wrapping us up. No, no, one no. more. Uh, 
Rocky Monero, he wants to know, uh, any plans of paying up your footy bets? <laughs> Tell him there's not a single footy bet I haven't come good on. There is there is one overhanging, and I have come good on all my footy bets in the past, including uh, I bought myself a Carlton coffee mug once that I then had to use. I've also, there's a clip of me singing the Carlton theme song online somewhere. I always come good on my footy bets. It's taken me a little longer to come good on the last one, but I, I will get there. Well, the good news is we, we don't have to tell him because you just did. And, Rocky, <laughs> if you want the right to reply, feel free to come on the program at any time. We have to ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> All the best, mate, on Saturday, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. But I appreciate the time, guys. Thank you. That is the godfather. You got it right. Yeah, <laughs> David Storm joining us here on the Turnbuck. He's one of my favourites. I've um, been open about my crush on David Storm for many a year. Yeah, it's easy. I've got some uh, parenting tips there, Tony. Yeah. I, I wrote those down. Yeah, be listening back to those when the episode drops. But Are you uh, looking forward to coaching your son at footy? Well, yeah, if, if, he, uh, if he wants to play footy, yep, I'll, I'm more than welcome. Down, down at no, a footy club. No one wants Lyle coaching them. Yeah. You, you could father son at probably you know five or six different clubs. I'd be happy to West. come as runner if you need runner. Yeah. Run, run, like Tony. Yeah, run. You haven't got a knee. I'll do that. for Oh, you, you do it. No, oh, he's, he's, no, he's, he's twelve. Voice, I'll just yell it from the. <laughs> you only have to take ten steps out and go. Hey, Paul. What about the far? That's why I always played on the far oh, wing. Could you imagine see? him running out there? Go deliver this to young Paulie. Which one's that? He'd be telling the wrong He's bloke. Six You're right. <laughs> the good thing is, like, if Tony was runner, I'd play on the far wing because there's no way he's running over nah, there. Nah, to nah, drag no, no chance. You know? Imagine how are you going to run with four steam dim sims in your pockets? Who said that was steamed? He's a fried dim sim. Oh, that'd be steaming. If he's, if he's running, that'd be steaming. If there's no fried there, then I'll take steam. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of winter. But he'd be upset about it. Like, he's be complaining. Perfect. Yeah, the young kids are playing at nine o'clock in the morning. How cold it is now. Steam dimmies would be a go, actually. Vince McMahon can enjoy all the steam dimmies he's like. He's can't eat now. He's just... He's enjoyed a few things that he... Well... Um, paid for allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, well, the pain... Is, uh, He's officially certain. paid more for sex than what he paid for WCW. Hmm. Yep. There's another joke in there, but I'm not saying no. it. Well, um, he, he... He's stepping away. Um, is he? You know, well, he, optically, figure, optically, he's you know, stepping you know, away. The, the figurehead's stepping away. I'm pretty uh, sure his hands you, are still... I think, think Connick would have actually gone with the WWE sanction here. And they've with John Ngoi, they've like sort of just given him a suspended sentence. And I think that's what's happened I think, to Vince. I think, I think any time a sus- suspended sentence is just... Well, and just like Vince, Ngoi suspended himself, so... Correct. <laughs> um, what do we think, though, of like Vince coming out in character and just his giving the then-now-forever-together speech mic and mic dropping yeah. and walking away? Other and then coming be- out in character again on Raw. Other than it being... Completely insane, and obviously him being insane has got WWE, him and WWE where WWE. he is. Um, he just popped the rating, yeah. And if the that's raw the, rating apparently was yeah. Uh, um, if 
Yeah, and that's their business is ratings and TV revenue is where their money is. Um, I mean, they're a wrestling company. Can't the wrestling pop a rating just once? No, well, you know, hopefully, well, he's not stepping away. He's still the head of creative, so. And now Bruce has been sidelined, <laughs> so he's the only one doing creative because Bruce is doing bloody talent relations. talent relations, which he's on record as saying he's not good at and doesn't like doing. So I'll give him the job. Yeah. Um, Perfect for the job. Yeah. That's so how I got my current job. They've gone backwards, you know. Stephanie stepped away, what, three and a half weeks ago, four weeks ago, maximum? CEO now. You know, back into it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Will she take control of the company or will Triple H jump into that spot? I don't you think know? Triple H no, it'll will. it'll be her physically. Yeah, but it won't be her. It'll be Vince still. Vince. She'll be, she'll be doing what, unfortunately. She's the proxy. She's, she's, yeah, she's, yeah. she's CEO by proxy until the old man yeah. carks it. And what, what better way... You know the uh, issues that he's having at the minute. She's more a, qualified for the job than Triple H, too. You know, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. putting a woman at CEO at this time as well is pretty good for the. It'd updates. be good if the last name, like, so here's the thing: like, putting a woman as CEO would be a smart move. Mm. Putting someone whose last name is McMahon <laughs> as the CEO probably mitigates that decision a little yeah. bit. And the fact that he's still going to the office every day, I don't under. Yeah. So, so the next question then is: uh, Will Shane? get a reprieve and does he come back into the business now that dad's gone? I don't know if he ever left the business. Shane? Hmm. Well, they had their little bit of a falling out after the rumble or, He's... you know, because he tried to, you know, produce whatever, whatever the uh, the stories and rumours were coming out of that. I, I What about the people who tried to white ant Steph? Like, so when Steph stepped away, apparently the rumours are that people at head office in executive and high up positions started white handing her saying she was no good at her job. Expect now she's their boss. Expect yeah. some more WWE releases. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting yeah. for some releases. <laughs> yeah. Leaking, leaking the, those kind of things. Once she gets to the bottom of who that um, was. Yo, yeah, it's it's all up in the air. It seems crazy at the minute. Um, you know, he did just have a settlement with that XFL guy that probably cost him. You oh, know. Man, no, no, it's done. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he settled because um, he doesn't want to go to court. He wasn't going to this time testify. Um, yeah, you know, a trial. Sorry, he's so. done much worse things that he hasn't been penalised for. So, wow. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Like he literally, Nick. Well, any, yeah, fill on. fill your own gap in right here because he has been accused of, <laughs> and also. Yeah. Jimmy Snooker. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, DMD, see, I wasn't saying that. DMDU Wargames was on last Saturday. Lila, you and I went along to it. Yes. Review it for me. I want to ask questions. How was the show? All right. Can I get two big negatives out of the way first? The I wasn't there is the first negative. I understand. I'll get three. Three then. Yeah. Three then. Uh, well... It's also a positive that while she wasn't there, so you know I didn't have to be designated driver. Um, for also, once. they probably would have run out of alcohol much earlier. Okay, so that's one of them. Um, running out of seltzers an hour into the show, I was upset because you know I'm going to ha- let the hair down yeah. for once and not be designated driver. And show length, um, it went way too long for me. Ten thirty, uh, I'm happy He's with an old man. You know. At heart. No, no, but he's right. It was, it was, I understand the issues with the cage, and you know, yeah. we'll get into the, that. But fin- wrapping a show up after 11.30 is a bit much, just as a wrestling show. I don't want to see anything for that long, to be honest. So. Not even like a concert? Music festival? A music festival is different. Um, but no, not, not, not one band. I don't want to see a band going for, for four, four hours. hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little bit long. Don't go to a Bruce Springsteen concert then. I wouldn't anyway. Um, 
but yeah, so get get those out of the way. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Favorite band. Favorite musician. Oh, poor bastard. Um, yeah, it was it was a really it was a fun night. Other than the length, yeah, we're we're all there. You've mentioned some negatives. Let's mention some positives to balance it out. The venue, I thought, has a lot of potential. Oh, 100%. Fantastic venue for what they were trying to do. Uh, Initially, there was a little bit of an issue with the lights on in the two far courts, but they blacked that out, and then the show all of a sudden became alive, which was fantastic. So venue-wise, the War Games theme uh, was fantastic, using the two rings. Well done to DMDU for giving that a shot, and I presume this will be a part of their regular roster now on a, on a yearly basis. That'd be good. Yeah, it would be well, good. Well, they've got the cage now. Yeah. yeah, correct. Exactly right. My thought to the cage, and, and, and the real the, the issue was, was that it forced them to have two breaks. So they had a break after four or five matches, which is fair enough because people... The natural intermission, yeah. So you have that. But then before the main event, so they had a couple of matches in, and then the main event, there was another 20 minutes to half an hour break, which allowed them to put the cage up, which is fine. But when there was no alcohol to drink or anything to do, people were just sitting around twiddling their thumbs for half an hour, yeah. doing absolutely nothing. My thought on a way to fix this, and I love your thoughts on it, would it have been an issue had they have done the War Games match first up? Have the ring set up so as people come in, they see the cage, they see their... You get that expectation, bang, it goes off. Take the ring down and then finish the rest of the show and finish with the Tag Team Championship, which just would have gone right over the top. Yeah, I think it can work, but I think the selling point is the War Games, and it it has to be the main... I I understand the idea and the logistics of it probably works better at the indie independent level. Um, you know. could always do it in AW and just leave the cage up for the whole show. Well, you, well that was, I didn't think that yeah, as well. You, yeah, think that well, as you well. would. You did a lot of those read-throughs for um, uh, Cage Night or whatever they Look, I, I honestly think that um, you you probably do just want the one break. But um, for me, you just run um, five matches and then you have the break. And then you have the war games match, which is probably going to run long anyway. Cause well, well, you have to get it, you have to get everyone in. You got the you know ninety second to, um, you know countdown to that. Yeah, you know, three four yeah, minutes yeah. in it's between their first time entrance. Doing it. They'll it was good. Oh, obviously, oh, yeah. There's teething 100%. issues, and you know, next time when they're putting the cage up, it might not take as long. You know, having a bit of experience yeah. with it. But I thought um, the the JXT and Shazza match. So that was a lot of fun. Yep. Just pro wrestling. Yeah, they've had some good matches with each other. Yeah, oh, yeah, they got amazing chemistry. That they do. Um, Matt you know, Hader and Matt, Matt Hader and Tali was Tali. a lot of lot of silly fun as well. There's a lot of silly fun. I'm I'm big for Matt Hader at the minute, and Tali's got really good comedic timing. We've seen that uh, Wednesday night at Matt uh, Society, Matt Earth Society, um, with Kid Valiant as well. Uh, yeah, JXT taking the Jeff Jarrett guitar shot to get his comeuppance at the end. Is that Jules' guitar? Uh, I have no... Is that why he's not here tonight? He's mourning the guitar? Well... I'm pretty sure it is Jules's guitar. Oh, okay. Well, it'd be a long line of excuses of him not being here. Um, <laughs> love you, Jules. BDE I'm winning the tag titles. Before we go into that, we caught up with BDE. Well, Frankie, was, I, Frankie wasn't happy with it. At least I did after the match. Yeah. Caught up with the boy to have a chat. This is what they had to say about their win. 
Catching up with the new champions, the new tag team champions of DMDU, the big dude energy boys. You're always on, Shebeki. Shebeki, yeah. we got to thank on the turnbuckle and everything you boys have done for us. You've been our number one supporters from day dot. You've said it before we even took a bump in that ring. You guys loved us. So the fact that we're here today with you, you're supporting us, means the fucking world to us and we love it. We're holding back a tear right now. We've listened to every single episode since our debut and there's at least 80% of them you mention us and we cannot like we don't even ask you we don't we haven't slipped you a 20 dollar in your pocket no, no, since no, the no, first no, episode no, right no. so it, all that that's genuine and that's genuine love and uh, we just want everyone to know you guys the rest on top of the crew rest on top of the fans the love is reciprocated but and the genuine love isn't just from us and from you to us it's out there these guys they love you guys <laughs> We don't know why. We, we, we don't know why. We don't, well, I don't think we deserve it. We're, we're, I don't know what we're doing. We are two best friends having fucking fun living our dream. And, and, we're, and we're, we're going to talk about this more in the next few weeks. We'll get you on the show. Year, one year is coming up. Yes, it's July 3rd. Yeah, so we'll talk about that in a few weeks' time. I just want to know right now, for our listeners for this week, the feeling of winning the title. Tell us about it. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um... I don't, it's, it's hard. Do you want it in one word? Yeah, if you got one word, you got two words. Give us two. What have you got? No. I can give you three words. It's fucking big dude energy, baby. Let's fucking yeah. yeah, all right. Ricky speaks on behalf of BDE. <laughs> no, Couldn't have said it better myself. It's, it's surreal. It's a dream come true. And yeah, it's, it's, it's still not really real. And I'll wake up tomorrow fucking sore as shit. Uh, but it'll all be worth it. I think, I think what I really enjoy about it, and I think I speak for Ricky as well, is especially when it comes to DMDU, this is something we've worked eight months for with them and it's you know it's it's something that we've shared blood we've shared sweat and tears we've yeah. spent youth and this was the blow ahead this is the go home this is it this is the end of our feud they're fantastic competitors but tonight they just could not get a gun against us and, and it's we'll, euphoric we'll talk about it, it when like. we come back on the show but... very much look forward to it you've got family here you've got friends here go share that time with them boys congratulations from all of us and we'll see you in a couple weeks thank tomorrow. you Shebeckian thank you on the table let's fucking go you can hear right there the enthusiasm of these guys. They love us as much as we love them. There's no doubt about it. But the fact that they've won a title within a year of two. starting their two yeah, this is their year second, of starting yeah. their uh, their journey is just amazing. I found out they like Nickelback, so I'm off them. Well, yeah. you know, if it's you know, you can't hold everything against someone. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're infectious to be around. Yeah, you know, they're, they're both great guys as well. It was you know. By the end of the match, they had the crowd in the palm of their hands. You know, Dave taking the massive double table bump. Hang on, yeah. Dave took a bump? Yeah. Well, he, he, he told me the... he was never taking a bump. I don't know. The last couple of matches, he's been taking a bit more. Maybe he, have to be, he was taken backstage. Yeah, he did. Minutes. And then he you know, the triumphant return. I'll give, uh, give props to Meatball. He took a big uh, swanton off a ladder. Uh, through Who's Meatball? Well, you know, Murdoch. You know, the Meatball. Um, which looked brutal, you know. Um, and Ricky, move this one. R- Ricky doing a uh, <laughs> the uh, Shane McMahon coast to coast. Oh, yeah. I saw a video. Oh yeah, he uh, looked like he winded himself really good. And so you did it like Shane McMahon? Yeah, basically. It? Yeah, but you know, you heard it there. They, um, you know, they're coming up on their year. We yep. should be we'll have to get them, them back. They're joining us in a couple of weeks' time to talk about that year the, that yeah. they've had in wrestling. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So I yeah. might come this time. Yeah, amazing. So, you know, all great matches that they've had, what, 16, 17? You know, there's an asterisk beside one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we, to Frankie. Yeah, we, we, we love the guys. So that, that 
yeah, that was amazing as well. And the, you know, talking about the war games, the brutality of it, Lobo, like the crowd loved Lobo. Yeah. There was people in yeah. the crowd that, you know, they're not regular going to wrestling. I had a couple of mates there that, you know, went along just because of the Lobo factor, you know, the myth. Um, it's yeah. not a myth, it's a legend. Yeah, the, the crowd the crowd loved him. He, they did. Um, you know, so it was awesome to see him. I'd love to yeah. know how he pulled up. Well, <laughs> I'd love to know how a lot of those wrestlers pulled up. Uh, that was a brutal match. Um, you know, Camby returned as well as a surprise um, with the fuckwacker. Yeah. As well. Um, so, yeah, good. Um, yeah, I think they will make it a yearly thing, build it up. I hope so. so. I hope so. But, yeah, no, overall, a, a great show. A couple of things that need to be improved. Yeah. We're not talking out of school. I, I'm sure DMD, you guys know that as well. I think they'll be aware of it. And, yeah. Uh, but the venue does have a lot of upside. A lot of potential, for sure. Uh, we play the music of Sasha Banks off the top of this second segment. She's been released. Well, yeah. No one knows. Yeah, we're, oh, not, sh- we're not sure. We're not sure. Um, your, mates, your mates at um, uh, Wrestling.com reported that She'd been released. Oh, if they reported it, yeah. then it's got but, to be um, The scuttlebutt backstage is. But Sean been, Ross Saps can't yeah. get a straight answer, and he's usually on the money with everything. Yeah. So. That, is it Raj Girl? Or, you know, and he's been pretty much on the money um, with stuff like this. It just. There's been know. no confirmation. Yeah. So. And the people at WWE's um, talent relations, they don't know. So. Yeah. Brother Love. Well, I mean, Bruce wasn't in the position yeah. then, so maybe. He's probably recording a podcast. Uh, so these things take time. Um, you know. Look, if it's going to happen, yeah. if it hasn't happened, and um, AEW would be pretty happy about it, I would have thought. Oh, mm. definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, she she loves wrestling. You know. I'd love to see her in stardom for a bit. Yeah. Like, well, she went to Japan things. and trained on her own dime when you know she had to take a, um extended break. In one of the last couple pre-pandemic, yeah, um, she just a bit of burnout, and she she went over to. It was during the pandemic, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I just figured it was before because we weren't allowed to travel. Yeah. But yeah, so she went over to Japan and trained. So she loves wrestling. I don't think it's the last week seeing her in a ring, okay. and it's upside for AEW's women's division if she ends up there as well. So you brought up Jeff Jarrett before, and I'm glad you did because uh, in the last day or two, he's come out with his best three wrestlers. In the world at the moment, all WWE wrestlers, which is bit totally a, understandable. Bit of a surprise, but he's gone with uh, Cody as the best face. Yep, he's gone with Roman Reigns as the best heel, and he went with Seth Rollins as the best all-rounder type wrestler. Thoughts? I mean, wrestling's a taste thing, definitely. I mean, it's a good list. Roman's. Had It'd be a good hard run. to replace those three. Is Oh, you'd want him. Any company would want yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't thought too much about it. I was pretty busy today, but um, definitely. We did mention at 12 o'clock we are going to talk about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was busy. busy. I said He's I was busy. busy. Trying to wrap things up so I can quit my job. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, you've quit it already. I've quit it. Now I've got to get to Friday. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they're good names. I mean, there's other names you could throw in. Obviously, they're all from WWE. There's names at AEW that you'd throw in. Brian Danielson. He's probably the best all-rounder for me at the moment. Most versatile, like that. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Yeah, of course he he could he um yeah you know he, like he heel wise I I I think it would be Jay White is right up there at the yeah. minute. There's 
Nothing likable about him. Um, MJF pre... I love Jay White. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're a heel guy. But um, like MJF pre that promo, I think, yeah, next time he comes back on TV, he may be cheered. But, you know, there was nothing to like about him either um, as a heel. And same as Roman. Like, they're yeah. just... They're not cool, bad guys um, like that. I know. E- easily... Roman's pretty cool. Yeah, of course he's... He, he has that aura of being cool. He does, doesn't he? But the way he acts isn't. Um, and the way he's presented. No, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, yeah, that's a good list. If you're, you know, obviously he's going to skew more to WWE. Well, he's going to only pick WWE. That's yeah. where he works. Yeah, he's paying his bread and butter and, you know, their talent relations would be shaky ground at the minute. You don't want to be stepping out of line. So yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be the first time for him to get arsehole out of there. Uh, Forbidden Door, pay-per-view on Monday. I think a few of us have been looking forward to this. Yeah, it's it's been a weird build. Um, still, the whole card's the not hole. there. Well, yes and no, but I, I think this is a pay-per-view basically for the hardcore fans um, more than anything. Not everyone watches New Japan and um, a whole card, which is right up my alley. I'm, mm. I'm looking forward to it. And I think wrestling fans, maybe they, had it, they want every dream match on the same show. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of talk about Osprey and... Uh, Orange Cassidy not being a huge match. It's like, well, you can't burn through them all. If this is going to be a working relationship, but you think about it, like the argument against you there is to say, like, yeah, you're not burning through every dream match because because Osprey would have seven dream matches in in AEW. Yeah, of course. So, and this isn't one. No, no, of course it's not. But you also have to. But everyone, that's what I mean. Like, there's seven dream matches for Osprey. There's seven dream matches for. A card are like there's yeah. there's dream matches across the board. So just by having seven dream matches on a card, you're not burning through them all because there's still another hundred and forty dream matches you could run. Yeah, true. Yeah, and we're not even sure if a card is going to be on it. You know, there's oh. been talk of Brian Danielson and uh, Zach Saber Jones. You know, best technical best wrestlers. You know, we went over this. Um, you know, but you got Moxley and Tanahashi for the interim title as the main event. You know, still Jay White to get in there somewhere. That still hasn't been fully resolved. Um, do we do we do we need to have title matches on these cards if they're wrestling someone from the other company? Because we know that the titles well, are most likely not going to yeah. change. Well, well, if it was CM Punk and Tanahashi, which was the original before you know wrestling had its issues with a lot of injuries. Um, I'd say no. Like, there's no way Punk was going to lose, obviously. Uh, we're about to go into another summer of Punk. Where this one is a little... I'm not saying it's 50-50 for sure, but because it's the interim title, do you want to give that to Moxley? And can Tanahashi take it? But then you got the G1 coming up, but then and then you... AEW don't have a champion on TV every week, which Moxley, you know, he did it during the pandemic era and was really good with no fans. You know, mm. give him a little bit of time. With yeah, it's not the real title, um, and these matches will all play out. Um, I'm assuming Moxley is winning, but you know you still got a little bit of seed of doubt there, which I don't think you would have had if it was Punk. I don't uh, have a seed of doubt. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got the day off on Monday, so oh, nice. yeah. So I have have I. two school holidays. Oh, is it? We've yeah, all got the day off Monday. Stop bragging. Oh, so, well, so, I'll be in Sydney. Oh, here we go. La-di-da. What are you going up there for? Just a bit of R&R. Oh, nice. I'm getting a Mid-season break and a pedicure. And I'm going to a winery. Looking forward to spending some time up at Katoomba. We're going to go up to the Blue Mountains for one day. No. 
That's where Mark Williamson's from. Two yeah. degrees. The, bl- the Blue Mountains is really nice, Tony. Gorgeous. I, I love, love it up it. there. I've been there yep. before. Yeah. Yep. When Tony goes, they become the Blue Balls Mountains. That, Don't even that, know what that means. Yeah, that's why you go up away. <laughs> no, no, anyway. Thursday, the 23rd of June. Hopefully this goes up before then. PCW Slam in Ferntree Gully. Yeah, PCW, uh, they're back. Bring they the, are back. The slams. Good. So, good. Friday, 24th of June. BCW number 46 in Burwood. That's not Burwood, Victoria. Yeah. yeah. It is? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Dalton Castle, where's that? No, no. With, with, with. Oh, with, with Dalton just, Castle. Sorry, I thought yeah, you were Main event anywhere in the world. Okay. Yeah. So BCW number 46 in Burwood with Dalton Castle. Yeah. For yeah. Ring of Honor fame, Tony. Okay. Yeah. So, should Who's be he wrestling against? Uh, Gabriel Wolf. And the witch. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Slex and Mick Moretti are on the card as well. Excellent. Good card. Mick or Mark Moretti? A Tony? No, Mark? Mick. Mick, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark's over in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, he's that uh, good-looking, go- bald yeah, guy exactly. that likes beer that's got a sore neck. Yeah. Newey Pro number 95 at the House of Free Fighting in Gateshead. They used to be known also as the Tottenham Hotel. Well, I think there's been a lot of free fighting in Gateshead <laughs> over the years, to be fair. <laughs> Saturday- <laughs> oh, excuse me. Saturday, the 25th of June. King of Colac. <laughs> There's been a lot of free fighting in Colac as well. Over the- <laughs> Helen the Cell. Helen the Colac, sorry. Yeah. Oh, she's at Cell. Helen did. the Colac RSL. Yeah, RSL. No, Helen the Colac at the Colac RSL. No, yeah. it's Helen the Colac RSL. Yeah. Lyle's just left the word out. Well, it's, all, it's all there. It's, it's trying to Helen the Colac. <laughs> well, that's, J- that's JXT. JXT's the uh, King of Colac champion. Yeah, I saw um, Sketch beating up some local journalists. On... Yeah. yeah, did that? Did that give you PTSD from when you've been beaten up by wrestlers in the re- recent times? I've never been beaten up by a wrestler. I I've ran seen, away. I've, I've seen Carlo hurt you. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've I that. blocked that out of my mind. Yeah, um, Schwa, Schwa, S H W A, Mid Year Mayhem at the Cannington Exhibition Centre. Go yeah, see mate. Davis. Davis Storm. Go see Davis Storm. And, in, and the others. There's yeah, a lot of good wrestlers exactly. on that card. Yes. RCW, Into the Fire in Kilkenny. That'll be nice and warm there. Uh, <laughs> PCW, the Carnage in Ferntree Gully. So they've got a slam and a Carnage. Um, Carnage has got um, Ryan Rapid versus... Dalton Castle? <laughs> no. <laughs> versus Tommy Hellfire of Married at First Sight fame yeah. for the title. And... Um, did you see Renegades announced uh, Ryan Rapid versus Matt Diamond for their next yeah, show in Essendon? Matt, Do- Matt Diamond's on a tear Fucking this year. hell, Every that's going to be a banger. You know? And he's, he's he's got a tag team match where he's tagging with Robbie coming up as well. Matt Diamond. Matt Diamond versus Ryan Rapid's yeah. a match I never thought I would see. Yeah. And they just announced uh, JXT versus uh, JJ Ferno for the Renegade show yeah. as well. So, so grab your chair early. Keep... Yeah, well, if he's in the ring, he can't steal my chair. So yeah. that's a good thing. Um, and a lot of people probably will see JJ Ferno for the first time. He's killing it in PCW, killing it in the MCW Ascension Tournament. And I think he'll do the same thing at okay. Renegades. And QWA Rockhampton have Mortal Kombat at the Indoor Sports Arena in Rockhampton. Wrestle Rampage with Destiny. At the Cosgrove Hall. That's pretty much all the wrestling that's happening that's around Australia. That's a lot Australia. of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling. Yep. Big weekend. Super Saturday, Sunday. No, Saturday, Friday, Thursday. It's all happening. I might go to PCW. Yeah, be good. All right, that's it. 
What about um? You had your son and partner on at the wrestling on Saturday yeah, night. His son and How his, did they? I didn't know your partner went to the wrestling. Yeah, no, he enjoyed it. Yeah. My son. He said your son and yeah. your partner. Yeah, no, no, he's no, his partner. Not mine. Um, no. Yeah. But, no, but he's, yeah. his partner's first time at the wrestling it as was well. For Abby, um, she loved it. Absolutely. She she loved it. So all reports Could good not from them. Get her eyes away from the ring. She just took everything in. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I miss those she days. was she was a big fan. Of the death match in the middle of the three-way, Xavier Black go on the bed of nails. She's, I think it was her favourite spot of the night. She's a trainee nurse. Okay, so so there was work experience. Yeah, <laughs> <it> was work <laughs> experience. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's it. Catch you guys next week. No, we no, won't. We'll no, have a week off. Week, week off, off next week because I'm going to Sydney and the boys need to have a break. And I'm going out for dinner with. Uh, the Lord of Darkness. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Say hello to him for me. Uh, we'll catch Amen. you in a fortnight's time right here on the Turnbuckle. Bye, guys.